This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Power Breakfast with Tim. Tim, 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 Tim. How old is Tim? Weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Power 98.7. Tim, 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 Tim. All right, let's go back to the story then that is uh, dominating discussions and headlines. Uh, that's, of course, the response yesterday um, by the acting Chief Justice Raymond Zondo calling a media briefing to respond uh, to what he called the insults and attacks on the judiciary by the Minister of Tourism, Lindiwe um, Sisulu. Um, now, um, in the, now, prominent in civil society groups and foundations have also slammed the minister, well, there are amongst many others who have slammed the minister's uh, uh, ex- extraordinary attack, as they call it, on the constitution and the judiciary. And uh, freedom under law have described it as dangerous and regressive. The organizations uh, issued a strongly worded statements in response to Sisulu's opinion piece in the independent newspaper group in which she condemned the neoliberal constitution with a foreign inspiration, as she termed it. Uh, she called it a colonial construct blamed and blamed the founding document for the failure of slow transformation and the continued grinding poverty among black South Africans. Let's speak to CEO of Freedom Under Law, Nicole Fritz, who joins me on the line. Good morning to you and thanks so much for your time. Why is it so problematic for um, politis- a politician to be launching what, in essence, really was a p- political attack on the judiciary and also something that uh, is, not, uh, out of, is not unheard of in this country? No, sure. I mean, you know, ordinary citizens might make the, uh, those types of attacks and, and, and direct that type of criticism. But, um, but it is enormously um, alarming that a, a minister, a member of the executive, who in fact has served in government for now over a quarter of a century, would seek to ascribe the ills of South Africa. So nobody looking at South Africa's situation can not say that there are enormous challenges. And uh, as you've referred, I mean, grinding poverty, which the majority of South Africans, I mean, so many South Africans still find themselves mired in. But to ascribe those ills to the constitution and the democracy is a really alarming understanding if it's genuine, if, if that's a belief genuinely held by the minister um, for, for a member of the executive to make because she knows or she, she should know that it is not the judiciary that sets and develops and implements policies and mm-hmm. laws. That is the role of the executive and the legislature. So for a minister, so high-ranking a member of our government, to think that it is the constitution and the judiciary um, at whose door the, these ills must be placed, that's enormously alarming. And, and then the second thing, obviously, is that she is a member of, of a high-ranking member of a party that has um, rightly prided itself on, in fact, um, securing the um, you know, initiation of our constitution, a document that is ostensibly representative of democratic South Africans' aspirations. So for her to now issue it and, and reject it, 
Um, and also, as a minister, is required to uphold the constitution. She um, takes an oath of office uh, in order to protect, defend, and uphold the constitution. For her to to direct criticism at it and suggest that um, that we we need to rethink that document and overhaul the institution that is established as its ultimate guardian, the judiciary. I think all of that goes to why it is particularly alarming that this critique comes from her. So in what you in fact what you're saying here is that the message is as important as the messenger here. I think the, the fact is, I mean, the, the message is troubling enough. If, if it were an ordinary um, citizen who were making this type of critique, one would want to engage with them and indicate why they are wrong in terms of, you know, looking to criticize the a mm. constitution and the judiciary for our particular ills. But it, but, but the fact that it is um, delivered by this particular messenger is so concerning because it suggests that she doesn't understand how the branches of government work and their particular roles. Either she doesn't understand or she's just engaging in a kind of convenient scapegoating exercise. Um, And it is also alarming because she takes an oath of office to uphold and protect that very constitution uh, and the role it gives the judiciary in terms of her public office. The fact that she has since sought to divorce um, uh, herself and her capacity as a member of the ANC and as a member of the executive, does that uh, uh, wash at all with you? I mean, in terms of what you, you have just said about her taking the oath of office, is she not, does she not have the space to express herself as a citizen? You know, if she wants to relinquish public office, then then. Absolutely, she can she can make those types of critiques. But the platform she is given, the reason that her voice carries weight, is because of the prominence of her position, the public office mm. that she occupies. Mm. Well, you know, then there's the response, of course, from the chief justice or the acting chief justice. Whether I mean, does she does the acting chief justice in this case really was it appropriate appropriate for him? to respond or has this just given further oxygen to something that would have been best left to in the political fray as the EFF have said? Well, I think that the other thing to take into account, right, is that her um, her attack is not uh, launched in a vacuum, right? I mean, we, we know that it registers against a, a cacophony of sinister attacks on the judiciary that have made, been made in the last year and a half. Um, and I think I think that is is also um, at the the context in which we must understand that the the judiciary is, is hearing these attacks from political actors. It's certainly an extraordinary move that the acting chief justice chose to respond publicly okay. in the way that he did. But I think that that is that goes to why we must understand the uh, the gravity of this attack. Um, okay. And and in doing so, he is signalling um, that you know that the judiciary is finding these types of. Um, attacks that are emanating from political actors All right. so enormously yeah. concerning. Nicole Fritz is a CEO for Freedom Under Law. So listening in on the conversation is Ralph Mateka. Uh, Ralph Mateka, I beg your pardon. Uh, of course, he is a political commentator and author uh, himself. Uh, and speaking to you as an author and an academic, Dr. Mateka, I see now that uh, Lindy Wessasuli even stands accused of plagiarism. Yeah, probably she plagiarized uh, a probably good work because if you look at the substantive matter at hand, put aside the the, the, the messenger TT, put mm-hmm. aside the whole context of uh, the motive as to why. It could be for sinister motive that she's raising this thing, but you cannot totally dismiss it. We need mm-hmm. to have constructive 
a debate as to whether the system in place, the liberal constitutional framework, is not a sway way for people to mm. ask if the liberal constitutional framework works very well to deal with some of the historical challenges. The more we normalize those debates, the better it is. But if we keep with the view that no one can raise issues about the judiciary, we are creating the impression that the problem is because the judiciary is, is unreachable, is inaccessible. And I don't think the judiciary wants to carry themselves in that way. I think we can have a debate on this. And I think we need to shift away from the idea that we cannot have a constructive a debate on the system and and evaluating I, the system tt does not necessarily means you have to evaluate the incumbent the idea of the the, the i don't want to repeat that the house whatever name she mm, used the mm. house i don't like to repeat that but that is disparaging but on its own it, it, it's not it, 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 it should not just be seen as a as a, as a swear word it is actually a frame of thought in, in the legal philosophy in, in the philosophy is it in, not elsewhere? People have used it as a frame of thought. Is it that if they are within the system, mm. I mean, there's been various quotes. Uh, we studied this thing over years. The most debate that refuses to die is the extent to which the rights discourse, as framed in the constitution, can actually advance the welfare of the society. There's nothing sinister with that debate. Is this not the problem there that uh, I know you said leave aside the messenger for a moment and focus on the message? Is there a big the hurrah or hullabaloo about this thing? Not the fact that uh, it is uh, from whence it comes. That uh, for Lindy Wesisulu, somebody who's been in cabinet, as Nicole Fritz was saying, basically since the uh, advent of democracy, um, to be talking about this, uh, almost divorcing herself from this constitution that she swore to uphold, is that not why we are having the, the, this uh, discussion and why the Chief Justice probably uh, responded in the way that he did, or the Acting Chief Justice, I should say. I, I mean, as a, as a, as a, as a Democrat, uh, the ANC should have had this debate more than 15 years ago. The yeah. ANC should have allowed its own caters to raise this issue within the party. And in a society where these issues can be raised, we can then deal with the substantive matters. The problem is the messenger raising this thing within the context of her distancing herself. And from where I stand as an intellectual, if one or two NC members start to raise questions and they distance themselves, we take on the debate, we say, well, let's evaluate the substantive matters here. We should not throw the message out of the window just because we believe that this idea that is dangerous and all sorts of things. We are a democracy with checks and balances. There's no danger here. It's a debate that might have been poorly framed, poorly argued, but indeed it is a a debate that should be seen as such. Dr. Rafmati, I'm going to ask you to indulge me, if you will, just for a couple of minutes after the news, because I want to get your thoughts then, uh, based on what you have said about what would be the most appropriate response. We've seen uh, the ANC distancing themselves. We've seen uh, government distancing themselves from the minister. But should it go beyond that, in your view, in terms of uh, sanctions against the minister? So if you will, please, if I can beg your indulgence for a couple more minutes. Yeah, we will uh, uh, conclude with Dr. Ralph Mateja this conversation after the news. Nine after, make that, uh, yeah, ten minutes after eight uh, here on the Power Breakfast this Thursday morning. Uh, thanks so much for staying with us. We're still in conversation with Dr. Ralph Matera. Just concluded our conversation on uh, the storm that is uh, blown up uh, here around uh, uh, an opinion piece written by uh, Minister Lindy Wesesulu. Dr. Matera, thank you so much for staying with us. So I was saying that, uh, obviously, uh, the minister has since come in for large criticism and widely been condemned 
by her own party and uh, uh, even a, a statement out of the presidency uh, distancing itself from her comments. Uh, while you you uh, you hold the position though that she has opened a discussion that the NC should have had a long time ago though, and uh, but uh, as they always say, some you know even the chief justice, the acting chief justice himself has said that they they are not saying they don't they are immune to criticism, but I think he was. Uh, but t- attacking the content of the criticism leveled at them here. Can we completely ignore the approach in this situation, uh, Matera? Titi, my understanding is that she questions the uh, some kind of judicial philosophy. And, and she even questioned, there was a, a, a question there about uh, uh, the use of foreign jurisprudence. I mean, mm. it, it's there. I mean, if you look at some of the cases, it's there. And, 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 and it's not a taboo. The question is, people, we need to understand that the issues that are being raised, the messenger, and what ought to be done. Can we rescue this debate from the current, maybe you can say, the, the highly partisan politics that has dominated this uh, uh, debate so far? Can we rescue it? In my view, you can have a discussion where you are looking at the judicial philosophy without necessarily uh, casting aspersions on, 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 on the incumbent, those who are... At and individuals, justice, yes. Mm. Justice and the individuals. Yeah. And when I see that, I mean, we, we need to understand it is within a political context. And that is why, in my view, it was not necessary for, for, the, for, for the Deputy Chief Justice to hold a press conference. He did. It's not an offense to do so. But the question is that he might need to be back with another press conference because... Mm there will be many of such political statements that are being made. I don't think it goes to the integrity of the judiciary. It just questions the basis, the basic presumption behind the system, the philosophy behind the system. And And we have to raise that question. I tend to share your view on that, on whether it was appropriate or not for the Chief Justice uh, to respond. But uh, I also... I'm sympathetic to the view that says there's a context as well within which mm. uh, he res- uh, he has uh, res- chosen to respond. And that is what is seemingly the rising number of attacks on the judiciary. Or maybe, we, yeah, you know, because one has mm. to use the word attack uh, rather than criticism because often you have these ad hominem, uh, you know, uh, attacks on the judiciary that are not packed up in sound legal arguments you know to say this is that's where the problem is how do you defend yourself against a non-specific attack to start with i mean if you go and take a press conference and you are addressing issues as the chief justice justice you end up with a general statement to respond to there is nothing specific there is Mm. no single judgment here that has been brought on Mm. where one can say it has been attacked actually there has been in the past from within the very same anc some of the very same people who are saying that uh, who, are, who, are, who, are, who are going against this opinion, even the airing of this view. In the past, there have been people who actually cast a special on specific judgment using the platform of the ANC. If you have doubt, you can invite me over. You just have to go on the internet and check mm. on how the ANC reflected on specific judgment, which in my view could actually even require a press conference. Mm. But this is a political statement. To the Deputy Chief Justice, my observation is that you're going to get tired, Deputy Chief Justice, yeah. Honorable Deputy Chief Absolutely. Justice, because you you won't have time to, to engage Respond in all to all of it. Yeah. They are not meant to be responded to in that manner. They are political statements. Let them remain in that. I don't think, Titi, the, 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 the opinion cast a deeper, deeper suspicion on, on the judiciary as it is now. I don't even think it has got that. Or worse than anything that has been said before. Exactly, Titi. I think it's getting there, but 
I don't think it, 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 it is what people are saying it is, in my view. I mean, maybe it's because I'm, I'm no longer sensitive to this because I deal with this debate every day. In my work, mm. I look at how the judiciary is being, is, being, is being interrogated and how it responds and how it survives. And just on a light note, as I part with you, surely as an academic, you can't be serious when you say uh, the fact that she might have quoted some very, uh, she might have plagiarized some quality <laughs> writings makes it acceptable. Plagiarism is bad, but you know what? What I'm saying is that now I'm saying to people that, you see, I knew it was coming from somewhere. I knew this thing was was, was coming. I knew this thing comes from that the debate on Western legal philosophy there. It's coming out ironically, is being plagiarized, but I saw something in there. Well, I'm not sure it's been plagiarized. I don't want to make allegations. Yeah. There are allegations that are coming out. But I've he, seen he, comparisons where it actually shows that it was lifted off an opinion piece written by a, a British Conservative Party member of Parliament, uh, Nohal. Exactly. And, and, and now when you look at it, it's, it's the thought are coming through, they've been plagiarized. When you look at the origin of that thought from the original document, it is a substantive matter that you can think about. Put down the mess. Put put aside the message. The messenger, of course, will have a, a, a ulterior motives. I often say, Titi, that maybe some of the best debates in our society will be brought by people with the most sinister motive. If she is running for, if this is all in a bit for her to run for office, has she done her campaign any good? Well, certainly, she 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 started with an issue that has got potential that potentially could, uh, could could get people talking. I mean, it is a deep issue. If you have a statement and the deputative justice comes and issue a statement a couple of days down the line and you are a politician, you are successful as a politician. That's what they do. They they start debates and so forth. And from the point of view of politics as a politician, she's done well for herself. Mission accomplished. Uh, thank you so much. Dr. Rav Matera, commentator, author, and of course, academic. I appreciate your time. Thank you. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.